Hey, it's awesome to be with you here today. Uh, my name is Matt, and I'm the young adults pastor here, if I haven't had the chance to meet you. And uh, I'm excited to share with you today. Here's how I wanted to start. I wanted to see if maybe you recognize any of these names. These are some very famous people today. Uh, hopefully you know a couple of them, but it may, uh, may throw you for a loop. Let's see if you can get any of these people. Have you ever heard of Catherine Elizabeth Hudson? Have you heard of this person before? They're a famous singer today, wrote a couple of hit songs that some people probably know. Catherine Elizabeth Hudson. That person's name is, uh, they're also known as Katy Perry. If you've ever heard of Katy Perry, she's a famous singer, wrote a lot of famous songs. Uh, but her name was Catherine Elizabeth Hudson. She changed her name to Katy Perry. That's actually her mother's maiden name, so she wouldn't be confused with the actress Kate Hudson. There's, there was somebody else named that. And so let's see if you can get another one here. Um, Pete Jean, uh, Peter Jean Hernandez, Pete Hernandez. Can you guess who this person is? Uh, if you've ever watched, uh, here, here's a hint. If you've watched the Super Bowl, um, you've probably seen this guy before. He's a famous singer as well. His name is Bruno Mars. <laughs> Peter Hernandez is Bruno Mars. I would have never got that one. Uh, he, well, actually what happens is he didn't want to be stereotyped as a Latin singer because his name sounds very Latin, and so he uh, goes by Bruno Mars. Here's another really good one, Eric Marlin Bishop. Eric Marlin Bishop, can you guess who this is? I feel like I went to, oh, I, I just heard it. Pastor Bonnie knows who it is. I feel like I'd, I'd have a, somebody in my class named Eric Bishop. It's uh, Jamie Foxx, that's right. Jamie Foxx, Pastor Bonnie got it right. Uh, Jamie Foxx, he's a famous actor. He actually went by this name. He started out in comedy, and he noticed when he was doing stand-up that female comics were usually called first in like open mic nights. And so he used a gender-neutral name, like Jamie could kind of be guy or girl, so maybe he'd be more likely to get called Jamie Foxx. So here's another one. Uh, most people in the room should know who this person is, but this name, Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Can you guess who Reginald Dwight is? That's right, Elton John. That's right. I'd say, oh, I w did we skip to it? Yeah, yeah that one, uh, I didn't know that one, but a lot of people know. Elton John, Reginald, very, very English name, right? Uh, Elton John. And here's the best one. This is the best one. Karen Johnson. Does anybody know who Karen Johnson is? I was going through this with Rebecca. I'm like, you'll never get this. Like, because somebody, you're probably like, oh, yeah, I think I work with Karen Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that's what you think. Karen Johnson changed her name to Whoopi Goldberg. What? What a name change. Totally different. Would have never have gotten that one. Well, we're in a series called Anonymous. Last week, Pastor Jeff started us by talking about how nobody is anonymous to God. In fact, that God knows your name, and it's not just because like he's omniscient, he knows everything, but that you have value to God and you matter to God. And I love something that he said in there. He said that the enemy, Satan, wants you to believe that you're just a statistic, that you're just a number, that you're just one in seven billion people, so what you do doesn't really matter. But it's, it's just the opposite of that. God knows you and he loves you. He desires for you to know him and so this week, we're in week two, and we're talking about how God changes people's names. And that's kind of the tie-in as to why I'm talking about these celebrities. These are famous celebrities that have changed their names. The, uh, they, they changed their names probably to sound better, but they went from like anonymous to famous, right? They go from unknown to known. They go from unremarkable to recognizable now, right? Forgettable to memorable. They've changed their names. Here's what celebrities understand, and if you're taking notes, I'm a big note taker. This is kind of be like the first point that we're uh, talking about today, is that our names determine our identity. Our names determine our identity. That's something that celebrities understand. That's why they change their names. Now, 
this may or may not be obvious to you, but the name that you've been given probably determines your identity. My name's Matt. That's been my name my whole life. So, you know, like, that's just who I am. I hear the name Matt, right? I'm Matt Jones. I'm part of the Jones family, sure. But even not just the names that we're given, maybe our birth names or names from our parents, even like nicknames, right? They can be part of our identity. Uh, when I was in youth group, my youth pastor, he would invent nicknames for people, and it was fun because they would evolve over time. So mine kind of evolved to Mr. J, that was like my name, but, but the best one was my brother's name. My brother, his name is Anthony, but his nickname became Dantuna. But here's how it's so funny, the evolution. He was the great Danton, it was from a movie. Then he was the great Dantoon. Then he became Dantuna, and to the point that then we sometimes called him Tuna, then now I'll call him on the phone, and I'm like, hey, what's going on, fish? Like, I just call my brother a fish. Like, why? Because it, this name kind of stuck. Like, names kind of become our identity a little bit. And now that's like more in a silly way or maybe in a personal way. But this is true even in the Bible as well. In ancient times, it was a big deal what your name was because it identified who you were. Your name was your trajectory. And so naming somebody was a big deal. Sometimes you would name somebody because it's something that you saw in them or maybe prophetically it's something that you hoped for, you believed for them. And so you named them this because it kind of was what their destiny was going to become. It's not just like what sounded good or kind of what syllables work with our last name. That, it wasn't that. It was you were controlling their identity and their destiny based off the name that you gave to them. And one example that really sticks out to me when I think of the Bible, there's so many names we could talk about and even name changes that we can talk about. But a big one that I think of is Jacob. If you know the story of Jacob, uh, he was a twin. He and his brother were born at the same time. His twin brother, they say he was hairy and red, so they named him Esau because that's kind of what it meant. And Jacob, he was grabbing his brother's heel, and so that's what Jacob means. It means heel grabber. But here's the deal. Jacob, so he was named that, but that became a moniker for his identity, that he was a heel grabber, that he was a deceiver a cheater, that he was always trying to get ahead of somebody else by hurting them or whatever. And so that became part of his identity. In fact, that's kind of, that's like our next point, something that we learn even from his life, is that our identity determines our destiny. Our name determines our identity, and our identity determines our destiny. That was Jacob's identity. That's his whole story. If you read about it, always trying to get ahead. He deceives his brother. He deceives his father, deceives his uncle. His uncle deceives him. His own kids deceive him. Like He's always trying to get ahead and get one up on somebody. And maybe you're here, and you can relate a little bit to that. Maybe you can relate to this idea that our identity determines our destiny. We have lots of different names. Our names can come from lots of different places. Maybe it's a name that somebody gave you, a nickname that somebody gave you. Maybe it's a label that somebody has put on you. Maybe it's a label that you've put on yourself. But it can be a struggle because our name becomes our identity and our identity becomes our destiny. Maybe for you, the name failure is a name that sticks with you. You feel like this is who I am. You know what, it's only a matter of time until I fail again. I've been faking it this whole time, I know things are going okay, but this is who I am underneath, I'm a failure. Maybe somebody has called you a failure, maybe you feel like a failure. Maybe for you it's not failure, maybe your name is addict. 
that this has become your identity and it's determined your destiny, that I've tried to quit. I've tried so many times, but I'm stuck this way. You know what? This is just who I am. I need this in my life. I'm stuck this way. I'm stuck with this thing. I'm an abuser. It's just who I am. I'm stuck there with this in my life. Maybe for you, your identity is broken. And that's determined your destiny. Maybe it comes from a past relationship where you were hurt. Maybe when you were young, maybe your parents told you you were broken. Maybe you were abused in some way. And so now this has become your identity and it determines your destiny. No matter what relationship I'm in, it doesn't work out. It's always my fault. Maybe that's what other people told you. And so you say, this is who I am. I'm broken. Maybe even you feel like I'm uniquely broken. There's something different about me. Yeah, other people. But man, nobody is as messed up as me. And you feel like this is how you'll always be your identity determines your destiny. But what's so cool is that God understands this. God knows this, which is why God changes people's names. And when God changes your name, it's not just because he's trying to make it sound a little bit better, so you're like maybe a little more recognizable like a celebrity. No, he changes your name because you are changed on the inside, that that's not who you are anymore. A new name means a new identity. Again, Jacob's a great example of this. Jacob, his name meant heel grabber, deceiver. That was his whole life. Well, then there's this story. He's going to see his brother again after years, and he's afraid, and he ends up getting in a wrestling match with somebody, and uh, the Bible says it was God. Maybe it was a physical wrestling match. Maybe it was more of like a vision, but either way, it was a real spiritual encounter. Some people think maybe it's what's called a theophany, an Old Testament appearing of Jesus, but he wrestled with this guy, and he said, I won't let go of you until you bless me, and kind of what happens, almost the language, you can get the idea that the man, he's holding on to Jacob, and he's like, What's your name? What's your name? And Jacob's like, Jacob, uh, heel grabber, deceiver, that's my name. And God's like, good, because now you're Israel. Now you're he who wrestles with God. And not wrestle in the sense of like, I fight with you, God, but wrestle like he said, I'm not letting go. I can't do this in my own strength anymore. I don't want to be a deceiver. I don't want to be a cheater. That's what I've tried my whole life to do. And it's always up to me. And I need your help, God. He realized his dependence on God. And so God gave him a new identity. And I'm here today to tell you, why does this matter? Because God has a name for you. God has a name for you. What if uh, the way we ended today, I was like, all right, we're going to have an altar call. Come on up front. Get your new name. Okay, so you're not Matthew anymore. You're Methuselah. Like, what if I said that? You got a new name? Like, no, we're not, not like that. Spiritually speaking, God has given you a new name. God has a name for you. And that's why we're doing this anonymous series. God knows who you are. You have value to him, and he has a new name, a new identity for you. And we're going to learn about what this name change is. And so we're going to read from the book of 1 Peter. If you have a Bible, you can open it up. It's in the New Testament. It's a letter from a guy named Peter. And here's why I want to read from this section. Peter is another guy who had a name change. He was originally named Simon, and he became Peter. The Bible a lot of times will refer to him as Simon Peter. And Simon... It's the Greek version of the name Simeon. It's a Hebrew name. It means to listen or to hear. 
And if you know Simon Peter, if you know his story, you kind of wonder, like, I don't know how well he did that in the beginning, maybe. <laughs> but his name was Simeon, but he goes by the Greek name Simon because their culture was Hellenized. That meant, you know, Greek culture was the way everything was back then, kind of like English today. You go most countries could speak English. And so kind of I think what that means is his name wasn't anything special to him. Simeon, Simon, you know, whatever, just call me what, you know, whatever works. But he was renamed Peter, which means rock. And that's what Jesus said, that on this rock, I will build my church. That's what's amazing is Jesus sees past the exterior. Jesus sees past the names and the labels that other people have given us, the names that we give ourselves. He sees past it, and he sees the potential that we have. He says, no, 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 you're not Simon. You're Peter. You're the rock on which I can build my church. I can work with that. And he looks at you and me the exact same way. Whether you feel like it or not, Jesus sees past your exterior And this name change, it changed Peter's identity. He was a fisherman, but he became a fisher of men. He eventually died for his faith. And so he wrote this letter to encourage Christians who were also struggling with their identity. They were suffering for being Christians. They were wondering, man, is this right? Is this what should be happening to us? Should I even keep this up anymore? And so he wrote this to people who were following Jesus, who needed to know where their identity was coming from. And so what this means is he wrote this for you and for me today. If you're here and you follow Jesus, this is for you. If you're here today and maybe you struggle with some old names, some old identities, and you don't want that to be your name anymore, this is for you. You can be part of this. And if you're here today, maybe you don't follow Jesus, you're not a Christian, you don't really even know if you believe the Bible sort of thing. Hey, you don't need to. I'm happy that you're here today. Actually, you're invited to be part of this as well. I think this can be true in your life. So I would just invite you, hey, to listen to a guy whose name was changed, and that changed his whole identity, and he thinks it can change your life as well. And so if you have a Bible, it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 is where we'll be uh, right now. It'll also be on the screen. So 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 9 and 10, it says, but you are not like that. What's he talking about? We'll come back to it. What, you're not like what? We'll, we'll come back to it in a few minutes. You're not like that. He's talking about your name, uh, what it's like before you knew Jesus, though. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. There's so much to unpack here. There's so much that we could talk about, but here's what I think is even cool. Before we unpack it, this, you see in verse 10, that's a quote from the Old Testament. Even this language that he's using is all language from the Old Testament. What's cool is, Peter is saying, you know that story? You know the story of like Jacob, he was the heel grabber, but then like the deceiver, the cheater, and then God renamed him to he who wrestles with God. And then there was like the nation of Israel, and they, you can read their story, like they kind of wrestled with God too. That was like their whole thing. That whole story, that's part of your story now. That's who you are. And he says, this is part of your identity. So now he says, this is who you are. We just read it. He said, now... Now you're chosen. 
You are chosen. What does chosen mean? It means it doesn't depend on my actions. It doesn't mean it's because of all the good things I can do to make God love me more or make me happy. No. Or it doesn't go away just because I've messed up and sinned. It doesn't go away because of my past, what I'm embarrassed of. I've been chosen. It comes from God's love. That's where my identity comes from. What else does he call us? He says we're chosen. He says that we're that we're priests. Priests, that's interesting. Well, in the Old Testament, who was a priest? A priest was somebody that had access to God's throne. They had access to God's presence. He goes, you're chosen now by God. And you know what? You're a priest. You have access to the throne of God, and it's not based on what you've done. You can come boldly into his presence and receive help when you need it. What else does he call us? He says, your new name is that you are holy. You are holy. You are set apart. You are now unique. You're different. You're not uh, unremarkable. You're not anonymous anymore. You're holy. You're set apart for God. You're not like everybody else around you. He says that we are God's very own possession. You're special. You're significant. And you have value to God. He said before Christ, you had no identity, just like Simon Peter before before. Uh, before Christ, he was impulsive. You can read about it. He was impulsive, right? He was um, always looking for affirmation, always looking for approval. He was wishy-washy, almost cowardly in some ways, kind of like, kind of like you and me, right? <laughs> That's how, who he was before Christ. Same thing with Jacob. Before his name change, he was a heel grabber, a deceiver, a cheater, always trying to get ahead. He was, a, he was on the run. He was a deceiver. He was a deceive. E, like he was on the receiving end of being deceived. His own kids deceived him, right? Until uh, he, it was always up to him and his own strength. Kind of just like, just like us, just like you and me. But once you place your faith in Christ, now you have a new identity. Jesus sets you free from the old names that have attached themselves to you. And so you are not failure. You are not addict. You are not loser. You're not forgotten you're not unwanted. You're not an accident. You are chosen. You are a child of God. You're not a failure. You're forgiven. You're not a sinner anymore. You're a saint. How amazing is that? I think what Peter, what, what, what he's saying, what, almost what he wants us to do, I think it could be summed up this way. I think he's saying this, live up to your new name. Live up to your new name. We're saying that our name determines our identity. Our identity determines our destiny. Well, God has a name for you. And Peter's saying, live up to your new name. That's his challenge for us. That's the application. You don't have to live up to the old labels anymore or what you've labeled yourself. Paul says the same thing in Ephesians 4.1. He says that, uh, I beg you, lead a life worthy of your calling, for you've been called by God. And so the question is, what name are you living up to? Are you living up to your old name, your old names, your old labels, or are you living up to your new name? Or maybe I should ask, what are some of the old names that you have? What are some of the old labels? Can you identify what they are, and are you living up to those, or are you living up to the new name that God has for you? How can you know? Well, if you're living up to your old name, are you allowing other people to... Um, decide what your identity is. Are you looking for the affirmation and approval of people around you? Do you live for them? Do you change yourself so other people, for, because you care about what they think 
Or maybe are you thinking about, uh, do, you, do you identify yourself by your past? Like, hey, I'm this, I used to do this, that's who I am. I don't do it anymore, but that's, that's who I am, that's what I used to do. You always go back to your past. Like, that is your identity. Or maybe do you find yourself like kind of wishing you could go back? Man, I got to tell you, before I was a Christian, dude, I used to have lots of fun and my friends, the stuff we used to do. I mean, God saved me from that. Don't get me wrong. I don't have fun anymore and I don't smile. Like, <laughs> right? You're, you're like wish you could go back to your past. Like, is that, that's kind of living up to your old name. But what's it like to live up to your new name? And in this text, Peter kind of shows it to us, what it is like to live up to your new name. Here's what he says it is, and this would be kind of the next thing to write down, it's a community. He says, live up to your new name. What is your new name? It's a community. There's a couple things he says, but it's a community. Look what he says, especially in verse 10 here. He says, once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. All throughout this, he keeps referring to us as a people. Verse 9, he says, you are God's chosen people. Now you have identity as a people. It's plural language. I don't know about you, but I, me, I am not a people. I'm a person. I'm not a people. He says that you are now a people. What that means is it's not just about me. It's a community. Living up to my new name is a community. I brought it up before. Some of you guys know I'm a Yankees fan. I wore my Yankees hat yesterday here at King's Table. Yeah, Phil's shaking his head. People were like, what is this? I'm like, uh, we're going to win the World Series this year. What's the big deal? Like, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's right. So I'm a Yankees fan. But, he, you know, my favorite player is Aaron Judge, right? Aaron Judge, as much as I love the guy, he's not the whole team. He's a player on the team, right? As if Aaron Judge could fly. I mean, they wouldn't win the World Series necessarily. Like, he's a part of the team. Even uh, the Super Bowl last week, Patrick Mahomes, right? Maybe some people are Kansas City fans now because they won. That's awesome. Okay, Patrick Mahomes, he's awesome, huge part of the team, but he's not the whole team. I mean, you need your defense. You need your offense. You need your coaches, right? Uh, He's just a piece of the team. What I think is really cool about baseball, I think what's a cool analogy of it, is kind of the more that you better yourself and you better your own individual game, it kind of makes your entire team better. So I think that's a cool picture for us, but... It's not just you. You're part of a team. And so for us, we need to pursue community. We need to pursue community. Community is where I gain accountability. It's where I grow. It's where I can receive help and strength when I need it. It's where I can uh, help somebody else grow. It's knowing that we're all in this together. So living up to your new name, it's a community. It's not just about me coming to church and doing my thing and doing my religion or whatever and kind of going home. It's a community. And so what's it like to live in community? I mean, if you're here on a Sunday morning, awesome. This is a great way to start, to be here on Sundays. Awesome job. That's a way to live in community. Another way is to show up on Wednesdays. There's a Bible study that you can be part of. Get your kids to come to kids' church. Get your teenagers involved in Novation Youth so they can be on a commun- in a community on their level. Maybe be part of a life group. We've got some going on now. We've got more launching in a couple months. Be part of a community. So Peter tells us, Living up to our new name. He says, live up to your new name. It's a community. But what else is it? Here's what he says next. It's a process. It's a process. Live up to your new name. It's a process. Right before what we read, we read in verses 9 and 10. And verse 5, a couple verses earlier, he uses uh, a different language. You know, uh, Peter Peter means rock. Jesus renamed Peter to rock. And it's cool because Peter uses this rock 
analogy, this rock language, and he talks about us. It's, you really see how much this impacted his identity because he's using this language. Check out what he says in verse 5 here. He says, and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. There it is again. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. And this is so important for us to understand. He says that you are, you are stones being built up into a temple, right? So that's more that community language. It's not just you. There's a, a bunch of us. But he says God is building us. God is building you. Building is a process. Building is a process. That means we are a work in progress. So our identity can be in that. Our identity doesn't have to be in what I used to do and how I've messed up and what other people say about me. My identity can be in the fact that, you know what, I'm a work in progress. Sometimes I do stumble. Sometimes I do mess up, but I'm not going to let that be who I am anymore. I'm not going to let that determine my destiny. It's a process that God is working. My identity is in the work that Jesus has done for me on the cross, his life, death, and resurrection and his plan and purpose for me, that's where my identity is. He's the cornerstone of my life. And it's a process. It's a process because you know what the truth is? The truth is it is a struggle. It is a struggle to live up to your, to your new name when we have these old names and we have these old labels. It's a struggle. You go back and forth. It, Jacob, right, he was renamed to Israel, but the Bible goes back and forth between Jacob and Israel, Jacob and Israel because it's almost like it really was a struggle for him. Literally, right after he gets renamed, there's the wrestling match. He's like, you're Israel now. He's like, great. And he goes back to being Jacob. He, he, like the, the next thing he does is he goes back to his old schemes. He's trying to trick his brother. Like, and then it turns out he didn't need to because God already worked in his brother's heart. But the point is, he was wrestling. He's wrestling with his old name and his new name. And it's tough. It's a process. And so if you're here and you're wrestling with your old name, that's okay. And welcome to the club. <laughs> Welcome to everybody else in the Bible. You're in good company if that's you and you're wrestling with your identity. It was a struggle for Israel to live up to his new name, but that's okay. That's the best place to be. Here's the difference. Here's what the difference is. The difference is that it's a daily decision. It's a daily decision. Peter says, live up to your new name. It's a community. It's a process. And it's a daily decision. Back up one more verse in verse 4. Here's what he says. He says, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And some more of this rock stone language, Christ is the cornerstone, great song sometimes that we sing in church. And uh, Jesus used this language about himself. Peter quotes some Old Testament verses where he's getting this from. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone of the church. He's the cornerstone of your life. But he, but he says this, the language there in verse 4, you're coming to Christ. The language is like you're coming, you're continually coming. You are daily, you're, you're coming on a regular basis to Christ. It's not just a checkbox like, yeah, I remember one time I came to Christ. I remember one time I gave my heart to God. Yeah, so like I'm, uh, you know, I, I have a new name now, I guess. I'm a Christian, I'm good. Like, he's, no, it's not like that. It's not being compartmentalized. It's, you have to stay there that Jesus is your foundation. You know, I think of this, um, actually, who was I talking to? I was talking to uh, Bob, I think, the other day. He was like, hey, did you see, you know, uh, the church before the new building was here? Were you here for that? I'm like, I, I don't think so, actually. I think I only saw the new building. But even though I wasn't here uh, for when this building was being built, here's what I do know about it, that a foundation was laid 
for this building, okay, right? It needs a foundation. And once this building, the foundation was laid, the building was built, it stayed there. It didn't move. It didn't go anywhere else, right? And so when you build a building, it needs to stay on that foundation. And it's the same with you and me. We need to continually make sure that our, our lives are built on the foundation of Christ, that it's a daily decision that we make, that my faith isn't compartmentalized, that, well, yeah, I go to church and I I hear about my new name, and I believe in Jesus, and then I kind of go to work, and, and people say this about me, or this is how people talk, so I just kind of make sure I fit into that group. And no, it's not being compartmentalized that faith isn't just a piece of my life, but faith in Jesus is the foundation of my life. Is Jesus the cornerstone of your life, or is he just a window in the building of your career and life goals? I noticed what I said. I didn't say, oh, do you feel like Jesus is the greatest thing that's ever happened to you? I didn't say that because, you know, uh, it's not about our feelings. Sometimes you don't feel it. (laughs) Sometimes you do, and that's awesome when it does, and that's what's really cool about our faith is we can experience God. But even when you don't feel it, I'm not saying, hey, well, do you feel like Jesus is the center? Like, no, is Jesus the foundation? Have you built your life on him? Our faith isn't based on our feelings. It's based on Jesus and what he's done for us. So Peter's saying, live up to your new name. Our our name determines our identity. Our identity determines our destiny. God has a name for you, so live up to your new name. It's a community. It's a process. It's a daily decision. And here's why Peter's challenge is so important to us, for us to live out this application. When we live up to our new name, others can receive their new name. Here's what he goes on to say in verse 8. He describes what it's like to live without Jesus. If you don't base your life on Jesus, if he's not the cornerstone of your life, if he's not your identity, your identity's in something else, he talks about what it looks like in verse 8. He says, he's quoting an Old Testament verse, he says, he's the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But then what's he say in verse 9? says, but you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. He's saying your identity determines your destiny. He's talking about the reality of sin and hell. That so far, most of what we've talked about in the message so far is like, hey, what are the labels and identities? You know, how do you, how do you picture yourself? And guess what? God has a name for you. You can live this life right now on earth different. Isn't that awesome? But Peter's saying it's even bigger than that. If you don't place your identity in Jesus, it's going to be placed in yourself. It's going to be placed in your sin. And those things are headed for destruction in and of yourself. Man, it's not going to end up well. Your identity and your faith needs to be in Christ. And he says, right, you are his chosen priests. Priests, okay, a priest has access to God's throne. A priest is a mediator between God and people. Not everybody has access to God's throne. The the priest does. And so the priest goes in there on behalf of the people and speaks to God, speaks to the people for God. A priest is an in-between God, uh, in-between guy. So God changes our names. It's not just like a Hollywood celebrity. Well, now you can feel better about who you are. Like, it's not just for that. God changes our names so other people can know who he is and other people can receive 
receive this life change. This is the heartbeat of who God is. Remember, uh, 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 Peter said, remember the story of Israel? Israel was he who strives with God. They were supposed to be an influence to the other nations. But, you know, you can read the story. Most of the time, a lot of times, the nations influenced Israel. And he's saying, yeah, that's your story now. So how about you be that influence? You're his chosen people. You're his priests. You are a holy nation. You are meant to be that influence now. God didn't just set you free for yourself. God set you free to be a mediator for other people. We are meant to represent God to the world. We are Christ's ambassadors. And so how can you do that? How can you do that? Well, you can pray. Pray for people around you, sure. Intercede for them. God, I know that these people in my life, they need you, Lord God. Would you forgive them of their sin? Would they come to a place where they know you, God? Maybe it means being public about your faith, not being ashamed or embarrassed. Maybe it means talking to somebody at work about church or about what God's done in your life. Maybe a fellow, uh, maybe you're a young mom or something and a mom at daycare or at a park or something and not being ashamed or embarrassed. Say, hey, I go to church or whatever, but not being private because, because you're a mediator. You're a mediator for God and people. Let your light shine. Pursue holy, holiness. Be, maybe it just means being different than people around you. Being different is being part of your testimony. You're a holy nation. And maybe you're here and you feel like, that sounds nice, Matt, but I mean, I don't know, it's like a little bit uncomfortable. I feel like being different than the people around me, I mean, I don't know, I don't want them to think like I'm I'm different, (laughs) you know, or I don't know, sometimes being a Christian, you know, it could be like a little embarrassing, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, today, you know, it's on the news and stuff. Like, I don't know, I I don't know. Well, Peter knows this, and here's what he says a couple chapters later in in, uh, chapter 4. Here's what he says. If you're insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed, for the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, for stealing, for making trouble. What else does he say? for prying into other people's affairs. Don't get in trouble for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be like, I'm a Christian and prying into everybody's affairs. Like, oh, what are you doing? Like, no, no, no. Don't, like, he's, please, don't get in trouble for that. But it's no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Christian means little Christ. It was derogatory when the disciples were first called Christians. It wasn't flattery at all. Oh, what are you, a little Christ? Is that what you are? Eventually, they, they said, yeah, you know what? That is what I am. They took some pride in that name, and that's why Peter says, hey, you know what? Somebody calls you a Christian? You don't have to be ashamed. It's okay. It's okay. You know, we do this with sports, right? Same thing. I'm a Yankees fan. Who's not a Yankees fan? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> like, right? I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. You go to your job, you say, uh, oh, Kansas City, well, I'm a big KC fan. Or maybe you're an Eagles fan. I know Eagles fans are really proud that they're Eagles fans all the time. So, like, yeah, I'm an Eagles fan. And everybody around you is like, oh, I'm not an Eagles fan. I hate the Eagles. I don't care what you think. This is who I am. We do it with sports. And sports don't matter. <laughs> they don't matter. We do it. We're so proud. And we're not embarrassed. We're not ashamed. Man, how about the name that is given to us by God? My goal is not to blend in. My goal is to glorify his name, to let others see the goodness of God. Pastor Bonnie, you can come uh, and get us maybe a little music behind us. Uh, Thank you for coming up. I'm going to invite everybody, as uh, Pastor Bonnie's coming, to stand to your feet. I'm going to, we're, we'll have a response today to the sermon. We said our names 
determine our identity. Our names determine our identity. Our identity determines our destiny. We said God has a name for you. And so live up to your new name. Live up to your new name. It's a community. It's a process. It's a daily decision. But when we live up to our new name, others can receive their new name. And so I want to have um, uh, two responses today. Here's what I want to do. First of all, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just for some privacy as we kind of think about uh, the word today and what we've heard. The first one's this, I never want to miss the opportunity to invite somebody to follow Jesus. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to trust Jesus, I want to invite you to do that today. Maybe you're here and you've been living up to the old names and the old labels that others have placed on you. But I want you to know that you can walk out of here today knowing that you have a new name and a new identity and a new destiny that comes from what Jesus has done for you. And it's because of what he's done for you that you can have that new destiny. If that's you here today, you say, I've never made that decision, but I would love to make that decision today. I want to lead you in a prayer. You can raise your hand. Raise your hand if that's you and you say, man, Matt, I would love to pray that prayer today. Awesome, awesome. And so here's what I want to do for kind of the second response. We, you know, uh, we'll get you out of here on time today, but maybe you're here and you know that God has given you a new name, but you're struggling with your old identity. You're wrestling with your old identity, the old names. Maybe it's even your old destiny. And I want you, I want to invite you, if that's you, to come on up to the altar so we can pray together. So, because it is a wrestling match. It is a process. And if, so if you're here and you say, man, I'm wrestling with my old name, you can come to the front. Maybe if you're here today, you know you have a new name, but you say, man, I just need God's strength to live up to my new name today. I know it's a community. I know it's a process. I know it's a daily decision, and I want to receive strength from God today. If that's you, I would invite you to come up front today so we can pray together just before we get out of here today. If that's you, these altars are open.